So today we're going to um, carry on a preaching series that we've currently been in called Hidden Figures. Um, and I'm tasked today with dealing with probably the most um, graphic and brutal one of all. But we get stuck into God's word and uh, we're going to have a good time understanding what God is saying. So I'm dealing today with Barabbas, hidden figures around the crucifixion. Those people that normally haven't got the main limelight, they, they're just like a small uh, excerpt of the story of Jesus from the time of the Gethsemane all the way to crucifixion. So we're going to turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 15, and we're going to read from verses 7 to 15. It's going to be on the screen, but I do encourage you to have your own Bibles as well. Right, let's get stuck into God's word. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And a crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Before we get into the final details of that verse, we first need to establish the first premise of who is Barabbas. I'm not sure how many of you in here have a certain point to understand who Barabbas was, but let's get to know who Barabbas is. Like, almost like a this is your life or Barabbas from what scripture gives us. First thing, he was a notorious rebel. Barabbas had notoriety in his rebellion. It says, among the rebels in prison, there was a man named Barabbas. They knew him by name. He was a notorious rebel. He was guilty of murder. So most likely in his rebellion, potentially killed a Roman soldier or a Roman civilian. He was also a robber. According to John 14 verses 10, he was a thief. And he probably stole from the Roman government to incite rebellion. He was a violent insurrectionist. So Barabbas represented violent Jewish nationalism. He was a zealot, a group of people who believed that the kingdom of God would only come when the evil pagan rulers were removed by whatever means necessary, including by violence and by force. What well, picture of Barabbas we're starting to get here. But this one topples it. It's a juxtaposition. It's the contrast of the, the black and the white. His name, Barabbas, means son of the father. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm clear, clear to make this very clear. It's not son of a father. It's son of the father. And the father, they mean Jehovah. They mean God in heaven. So Barabbas' name means son of the father. And in, and in Jewish customs, names were very important. They helped them, us understand 
where that child came from or the season that child was born. There was a time in scripture where the Ark of the Covenant had departed from Jerusalem. And there was a child that was named Ichabod. And it means the glory has departed. So from Barabbas, meaning son of the father, we kind of can build a picture of where Barabbas came from. Probably parents who believed fervently in the Torah, in God's word. In Luke 23, 18, that helps you build a bigger picture of where Barabbas is spoken about in scripture. It says the Jews cried and begged for Barabbas to be released. Barabbas was set free by people, a mob, calling out for him to be released. And I want to make a very quick side point here, because we live in a culture and in a world where we're bombarded by information. We live in a culture and a world where we're bombarded by um, a minority group that might have the microphone and shout as loud as they can, crucify him, crucify him, or whatever piece of information you may be bombarded with. And I really want to encourage you today to seek truth. I really want to encourage you today, don't just accept what is said. Go and find understanding and knowledge in what's been presented to you. Do not just follow the mob. Do not just follow the most loudest group. Find understanding and knowledge in what you are being presented with. So back to the story. Biblical and secular history doesn't tell us what happened to Barabbas after he was released. So in this moment with Jesus to the right of Pilate and Barabbas to the left, just being taken freshly out of prison. When the switch happened, we don't know what happened to Barabbas as he left. We know what happened to Jesus because we see the story to the cross and crucifixion. But Barabbas is almost like a mystery. And I believe there's a reason why. And I believe that the hidden figure of Barabbas after his release is me and you. Let's see how we relate to Barabbas. So, we know Barabbas was a robber. We're thieves. We've all stolen. Even by the smallest amount, we've stolen. So that picture there, I've just got to make a quick side point in that picture there. That's just a reference point for us to kind of get a picture of what it was like in the transfer between Jesus and Barabbas. Again, people's depiction of Jesus in the past is to their own interpretation, but it's merely a picture for us to understand what it looked like. So we're thieves. Exodus 20, 15 says, you shall not steal. Now for God to have said you shall not steal must incite the fact that we steal. We're guilty of that already. We're murderers. Oh, that's a strong one, isn't it? But in our hearts, by the poison of hate, we've murdered others. 1 John 3, 15 says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Wow. We're rebels. We've rebelled against the government of God. Hosea 7.13 says, Woe to them, for they have strayed from me. Destruction to them, for they have rebelled against me. I would redeem them, but they speak lies against me. Can you hear the sound of the crowd, the mob saying, crucify him? crucify him, lies against an innocent man who stood there, who did no wrong in Jesus. And the last one is made in the image of God. We have a faulty image. Barabbas displayed a faulty image. His name was son of the father, but he didn't display the image of the father. And again, what a picture we see here. Jesus to the right of Pilate and Barabbas to the left. 
One was called son of the father and the other one was called son of God. One displayed the true um, nature of the father in heaven, his love and his goodness and his sacrifice for us. And the other one represented violence and brutality. We don't display his image. We have a faulty image. When sin entered, the original sin entered, it made our image faulty. We no longer meet the holy and glorious standard that God has set for us. And we know we're made in his image because Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Everyone in here is made in the image of God. But we understand from the story of Adam and Eve how the fall happened. Through disobedience, sin entered the world. And we all have this original sin that we need forgiveness and rescuing from. The truth is we are all Barabbases. We are all sinners. You and I. So imagine Barabbas sitting in a cell. This is crazy. He's sitting in a cell counting down the days to his crucifixion. He's on capital punishment. This is not 20, 30 years in prison. This is capital punishment. I'm counting down the days that I am crucified. A guilty man. I know it's hard to see, but imagine you sitting in that cell. Capital punishment looming over your head. Guilty. I'd like to share with you a story of mine. Um, when I was 15 years old, in my... Uh, kind of uh, colourful years. <laughs> um, me and my cousin were in Stratford walking across the high street. Um, and as I was walking across the high street, this is the old Stratford that used to have this loop round near um, McDonald's where the cars you could drive behind between the shops and the, and the church. And we're walking across the road. And just as we're about to cross, there's a car that zooms far past us really fast. So as it pulls past, I gesture and like, what are you doing? Car comes round. We cross over to the next part of the island. We turn around to now interact with these guys getting out the car. And then we just saw a walkie-talkie and handcuffs. It was like, this was the wrong one. <laughs> Shouldn't have done this. But here we are. They pulled us over and they said to us, we want to search you. So they started to search us. And as I searched and I had the confidence of like, hey, nothing's wrong here, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I f my mind flicked and I said, tax disc. There's a tax disc in my wallet that's not mine. And I looked over at my cousin and I mouthed to him. And he was like, oh. And we knew at that moment that if they found this tax disc, we've got some problems. And they did. They found the tax disc, they put me in cuffs, put me in the back of the van and took me to Forest Gate Police Station. And I was there for um, a few, um, a couple of hours or uh, for a long time. Um, my mum was there, my mum knows a story. She came and again, very supportive again to celebrate Mother's Day, man. Mums, what you go through is beyond me. And after weeks have passed, uh, I, was, I was sitting in um, um, Stratford Magistrates Court because they wanted to um, convict me and um, put me away for however many years. Um, there, were, there, was a, there was a certain narrative in that time to when they saw a young black man, a young black boy, they wanted to really dig the knife in. And they wanted to dig the knife in on a very petty um, incident. And I remember I was sitting in that court and um, the police officer who, who gave me um, 
the, 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 the interrogations and all the discussions in Stratford Police Station and all of that, he was a very well-spoken man. He spoke very well. His threats were just top-notch to the point was that just, just say it now. Do you know how many young people get raped in prison? Do you know how many young people die in prison? You don't want that to be you. Just say you're guilty now and we can work out something. It was like a movie. I couldn't believe it, what I was going through. And I was 15 years old, had no clue what was going on. And then I was sitting in the court and he, he came up to give his, his, his piece to speak. And as he came up, as he stood up, he couldn't get any words out. It was insane. He blubbering, just, uh, 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 so, 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 he couldn't speak. And I'm standing there looking at him like, this man can speak. I know he can speak. Why can't he speak? So anyway, he managed to get out some level of words. The judge got up with the jury and they went recessed when they came back. I remember I was sitting in the foyer of the, of the courthouse and I could feel the pressure of going, my whole life can change. Everything can change by that verdict. And I went back in, and I was standing with my mum and other people, and they came out and they said, not guilty. And the, the release, I mean, this is no imaginary stuff. This is, the release I felt was incredible. I could have been four to five years in prison for something so stupid, but I was made free. And I see that as God took my place. He could have allowed me to go down the path of many other young black boys in my area, but he didn't. He saved me. He rescued me. He gave me a chance. And I believe God rescues the guilty of sin by taking our place. He doesn't stand there pointing his finger at you and saying, you're this, you're that. No, he takes our place. You see, we've received the same mercy from Jehovah. We've received the same mercy from God. In Romans 3, so Romans 8, 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? This is the picture of God's grace. The great trade, Barabbas to the left, Jesus to the right, innocent man, guilty man, the switch, the trade between the two, innocent for the guilty. So now we understand and we see Barabbas to the left and Jesus to the right and this switch take place for Jesus to be crucified and Barabbas to go free, to live whatever life. Who knows what he lived? He could have returned back to being a zealot or he could have ran and followed Jesus and his disciples. Who knows? But the, the key point to grab here is the freedom aspect. How do you use your freedom? I want to give you a fact, a very disturbing fact that I found. Ministry of Justice data, okay, analyzed by the charity inquest, reveals the suicide rate among people leaving prison in 2018 and 19 was 212 per 100,000. People being released from prison. You're free to go. 212 out of 100,000 took their own lives. What did they do with their freedom? And the question is, what are you going to do with yours? I'm speaking to those as Christians being released from prison, from the penalty and the power of sin through Jesus. Now you stand right with God. How do you use that freedom? And I look at myself in the mirror as I say this. Do we use that freedom to pray less? To not study his word? To not share the gospel with others? To not love from a pure heart? To not pursue his will and his purpose for our lives? 
to fall back into the yoke and bondage of sin? Is that how we use our freedom? Let's, let's go into God's word and find out how we can use our freedom in the right way, by the grace of God. Christian liberty, Galatians 5 verses 1. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, stand firm therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For the Galatians, it was circumcision. It was, that was their issue. But we all have individual issues, addictions, sins, things in our lives that we, 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 um, we co coexist with. Oh, it's all right. It's only a little white lie. It's only a, it's only a, a little bit of a little bit of stealing hair, or something, a certain lustful thought there, something, a bit of pride or arrogance. The yoke of slavery. Sin enslaves you. Do not be submitted to the yoke of slavery. Be free in Christ. The next one is living sacrifices. Romans chapter 12, 1 to 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, but that, by, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For a moment, catch that word, Living sacrifice. I don't believe, tell me if I'm wrong, please, but I don't believe there was any other point in the crucifixion story where a living sacrifice literally took place. Jesus was alive at that point, and he walked across Barabbas as a living sacrifice for Barabbas in that moment. He gave up his life whilst being alive. It's a beautiful picture of grace. Living sacrifice. Jesus was the, is the living sacrifice for you. Now we have been saved by that. Let us be living sacrifices for Jesus to present ourselves, to present our bodies for his work, for his goodness. How amazing is this? That it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Our minds are renewed by his word. Our minds are renewed by fellowship. Our minds are renewed by prayer. Let's be living sacrifices for Jesus. Let's use our freedom to be that. The next one is to glorify God in body and spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You see that switch between Barabbas and Jesus? That cost something. There was a price in that switch. And that switch he does for me and he does for you, there's a cost for that. Here you're walking around, you've been transformed by the, the blood and the goodness of God through Jesus Christ. You've been bought with a price. Glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your mind. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a wonderful picture? That we don't do it by ourselves. After this transformation, when we accept Jesus, we don't do it by ourselves. It doesn't leave us to wonder, but it fills us with his spirit. We have the power to overcome. We have the power to pray. We have the power to study the word. We have the power to share the gospel. We have the power to live and thrive 
as people. How amazing is that? That's a promise for everyone who accepts Jesus. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us. We become temples of God. So let's use our freedom to follow the word of God and submit to his authority. Oh, it's wonderful. That brothers and sisters, it's time to shake off those cobwebs. You know, that's that, that stasis, that place of inactivity. And the, the, uh, let's become alive for Jesus. Let's start to take ground for Jesus. Let's start to live victorious for Jesus. Maybe Barabbas went and said, I'm done with this. I don't believe. If you don't know about this great exchange, here's hope. See, where we are sentenced to death for our sin, for sin, God calls for capital punishment, for the smallest sin. Where we have no way to escape this capital punishment, where we are guilty of rebelling against the government of God, and where we deserve to be separated from God for our sin, Jesus takes our place. Jesus has taken your place. It's not something to happen. It's happened. He's already taken your place. John 4.10, Jesus answered her. This is the woman by the well who was speaking to. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and who would give you living waters. You know, in life, we have temporary satisfactions and pleasures, but it runs out. We enjoy this, we enjoy that, but it runs out. And you know those moments where you're sitting, maybe whether lying in your bed or sitting in a room by yourself, and it's the end of the day, and your friends have gone, and conversations have gone, the phones have died out, it's just you. There's an emptiness, there's a void. And Jesus says, I am the living water that fills that void. Jesus switches with you. He was silent in his switch with Barabbas. He didn't walk across accusing Barabbas, going, you're a guilty man, you're an insurrectionist, you're vi-. He didn't do that. He was silent. He had no accusations against Barabbas. And Jesus has no accusations against you. He takes your place. He switches with you. And not only does he switch with you, I mean, God just keeps on giving. Not only that he just switches with you, but he gives you a new place. It's not just for you to just feel better about yourself, but he gives you a place in heaven. He gives you eternal life now. He fills you with his Holy Spirit. You have peace that surpasses all of your understanding. A God whose air is always inclined to your prayer. A God who never sleeps and protects and... Ah, he just keeps on giving. Jesus not only takes our place, but he gives us a new place. Jesus has restored us to right standing with God. A free gift that we just must accept and believe in. I believe that I'm not good enough. I believe that I can never make that standard. I believe that the gulf is too far. But Jesus makes up the difference. And all we have to do is put our faith and trust in his sacrifice to say, it is enough for transformation to happen inside of our hearts. You want peace? Real peace. Not this fake peace that this world gives, this temporary peace. Real peace that in the hardest and most difficult situations of your life, you stand firm and you don't know how you're doing it. That's the peace that Jesus gives. 
the peace with God. You're no longer at war with him through sin, but you are transformed by his grace. You are now a child of God. That means you were a stranger before, but now you're a child. What an amazing transformation. What an amazing switch between the two. And Jesus is the one who has done it for us. So today, if you are sitting in the prison of sin, you haven't given your life to the Lord. You haven't taken that step of faith to say, I believe. Yes, I'm a sinner, but you make up the difference. If you're sitting awaiting trial, feel like your life is just plodding along, not going anywhere. What's the meaning for us being here? You know, for 70, 80 years of life, what is the end? What is the purpose of this? You feel like you're awaiting trial, waiting for the next depressive spin or the next spin of, 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 deep, of, of um, mental anxieties. Jesus takes your place. That's what he does. In the most simple and plain way, as we look at Barabbas and Jesus and that switch, I can say to you, if you do not know the Lord, Give your life to Jesus today. The best, the best decision you can ever make and the best decision you will ever make to give your life to Jesus. You can enjoy that freedom, that spiritual freedom from the slavery of sin. I can't break this addiction. I can't break this loop. Jesus comes and smashes chains and breaks loops and frees you. Oh, it's amazing. It's sweet. You saw us singing today, praising God. There was something so real about it. And you stand in peace with God the Father. You're no longer at war with him. You're his child now. <laughs> and there's incredible blessings and riches of heaven that's yours. Today, you can make that switch with Jesus. Today, you can make that switch. Today is the day to be saved. You must just put your faith in Jesus Christ. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, not a soul, comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus saying that. Think about it in life. We're looking for a way, we're looking for the truth, and we're looking for life. That's what we're searching for out there. And Jesus boldly says it. He is all of those things. We're looking for truth in the news. We're looking for truth from our politicians. We're looking for life. What is the meaning of my life? What is the purpose? Why am I here? I'm looking for the way. I can't figure it out. Do I go this way? Or do I go that way? Where do I go? There's so many things to believe. And Jesus comes along and smashes everything down and says, I am the way. Now come through Jesus. So that just like Barabbas should have been to display the image of the Father, of who we were made to be, made in his image. Oh, what a wonderful reality and truth. So through Jesus, he's done it. You're standing on this side, Jesus is standing on that side, and he's saying, will you make the switch? I will take all of your guilt, all of your shame, all of your shortcomings, and I will give you life. I will give you forgiveness. I will give you restoration, and I will give you a new place. Ah, oh, will you choose to switch? 
It's not just a question, but we must act to this. There'll be a time after the service where you can be bold and say, I want to make that switch. And there'll be people over here to pray with you through that. Choose to make the switch. So let's conclude this message. We're all sinful Barabbases. And we're in need of the sacrificial switch with Jesus. We're in need of it. Desperately. There is no, no one else that can save us from the penalty of sin. But there is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you have switched, and if you have given your life to the Lord, and you have been transformed by the wonderful truth of the gospel, do not go back again into the yoke of slavery and sin, but live a victorious life for Jesus. Study the word, spend time in prayer, fellowship one with another. Develop those good practices in Jesus. Invite Jesus into your heart today. That's the switch. Believe in him as Lord and Savior. That's the switch. It's the best decision you will ever make. Jonathan, could you uh, come up, please? And just, we've got a wonderful song we're going to sing today to just really just drive this point home. Barabbas on the left, Jesus on the right. There's a switch that can take place. Take the opportunity. Let's bow our heads in, in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you switch with us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that because you took our place, we can go free. Thank you, Jesus, for that switch. For not bringing a riling accusation against us, but innocently and silently took our place. And all we must do is just believe and we can be transformed. Father God, I pray that those who have made that decision today and have been living and walking this walk as believers, as Christians, help us to live holy and free lives from sin, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be set apart from what the world, the flesh, and the enemy allures and tempts us to. And let's be free from sin. Lord, I pray for a victorious lives and for all believers here today. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will soften and cool the hearts of those who have heard your gospel today. Lord, give them insight, Lord, that I can't do, Lord. I can't reach the human heart, but only you can. You are the heartsmith. You work on us. So soften our hearts today. Call us to you today. And thank you for that incredible and wonderful switch.